0: Just go to indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's True Faith, Newcastle United podcast, Arsenal 2, Newcastle, Nil. Uh, Knocked out of the third round of the FA Cup at the Emirates last night. I am Charlotte Robson. I'm joined by Norman Riley, Adam Widrington, and Mark Corby today. So there's four of us. An absolute bumper podcast for you after a bumper game. Um, And by that, I mean terrible game so um we will get right into it there's a lot to discuss from last night i think um lots of uh points to make we're not gonna we're gonna try not to be too negative i know that a lot of uh noise on social media sort of by and knowledge praised our performance yesterday which we will get into um but let's track right back to um half past four yesterday afternoon when um our team sheet came out. I personally was um expecting to see four at the back uh because we had um Hayden back in the lineup and um after his ban and 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 I was sort of like okay well that's you know not terrible um not a terrible lineup but then as uh the team lined up on the pitch it became very apparent that it was a sort of a five four one formation. Norman, what did you make of that?
2: First thing I noticed was that neither Callum Wilson nor Dwight Gale was starting. And that immediately made me think, so the intention, yeah, is to not score goals. Because basically, yes, Andy Carroll scored against Leicester, but that was coming off the bench when we were already 2-0 down. Lovely goal as it was. But starting them in games is more or less an admission that we're not going to actually engender Many chances and the chances that we do engender if it's not someone like Callum Wilson who's clinical up front, then we're probably not going to score anywhere. any way. Joe Linton is a centre forward who just doesn't score goals. It's, it's quite, you know, it's quite straightforward. So that immediately got me concerned. We had an incredibly immobile uh, forward pairing as they were supposed to be. Obviously, it turns out that Joe Linton basically played a kind of midfield role. It also made me think if we're planning on counting a side that like to keep the ball, if the kind of goal is to sit deep and then counter-attack, we don't actually have any pace on the break other than Almiron, i.e. neither Joe Linton nor Carroll are, are quick players. That was a concern. So um, my immediate thoughts were we are at best going to get probably a 0-0 draw here. Um, and then obviously you look at the rest of the side, as you see it, it quickly became obvious while playing five at the back. I was also slightly bemused by the inclusion of Jeff, Jeff Hendrick. I know that obviously energy levels are low in the squad and that rotation is key at this time of year and obviously during the pandemic as well where COVID's played a big part in, in effect and fitness. But at the same time, I think what we've seen from Jeff Hendrick, I don't think Jeff Hendricks necessarily a bad player. I just think that when he was at Burnley, Daesh had a particular role for him in that team, whereas I don't think Bruce has any idea what Jeff Hendricks' best role is and how to, to coach him and manage him to perform an effective role in the side. So, again, it was a case of, well, OK, Henrik's back in. He's not going to actually offer anything. So, really, we're already facing an uphill battle. And it genuinely got me thinking, like, where, where's the win coming from? And, yeah, if we're going to get a win, where, where's it actually coming from? That, that they were my first thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think that seemed to be the consensus within our group, at least, that um, lining up like this against Arsenal, who are, you know, admittedly finding their form a little bit, Um Maybe, maybe, I mean, I think Sai said it in the group. Maybe that is the right approach to uh, for an, an Arsenal finding their stride a bit. Um, but I think overwhelmingly, personally, um, it seemed to me to be playing to penalties or extra time. Um, Adam, was that your take as well?
3: Yeah, by and large, I think. I think what we can say is that, you know, we have defended resolutely for ninety minutes against Liverpool and Arsenal. I, I think, as much as I disagree with so much of of, of how the team is, that, that that's pretty much the only sincere positive I can get out of this recent run of games. Ultimately, though, you think, right? Steve Bruce is he's, he's, he's come out of the court, he's out of the quarterfinal of the, of the League Cup. He's got an FA Cup, you know, match away to Arsenal. We are the underdogs, even though Arsenal aren't. You know, a classic Arsenal side. They're still, they're still, they still have a better squad than us. They still have a lot of talent. Why, for a for a one-off cup game, Bruce keeps talking about his preferred formation. Keeps talking about we'll get there. Work in progress. I'd love to play the way. This is the play, way I'd love to play, but we just don't seem to. For a one-off. You know, given the fact that we still get absolutely humped when we're when we play so conservatively and set up so defensively, and just absorb, why didn't we? Why didn't we just have a go? Yeah. Arsenal are such a mixed side at the at the minute, and yes, they, like I said, they've got more talent than us and better ability, but but what? It's a one-off game, and this is all we've got. This is our season. This is basically our season left because we're out the we're the quarter final of the league cup what have we got to strive for in the league? We're not going to reach top half. That's not going to happen. We know that. Why why are we playing five at the back, which he keeps saying isn't what he'd prefer to do? Yeah. As Norman mentioned, if we were supposed to be playing counter-attack, why are we left in a situation where Carroll, who's our only striker, is essentially having a decent game, but in (laughs) defence, he's humping the ball up to nobody. And again, it's it's. I don't know what I don't know what the I don't know why he didn't just feel like he should go for it because we get hummed when we're so defensively anyway. Why not get hummed? Actually going for actually probably going for it. And I don't mean, you know, we've created a couple of good chances. That means it vindicates the entire setup. It doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. We we, we still didn't create enough and still left in a situation where. Once we concede, when we park the bus like we did, once we concede, like against Leicester, it's game over. We don't know what to do. There's no plan B. And and and, and Norman's right. We all we're doing is holding out for a draw. And that's it's a one off cup game. Go for it.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely um Take issue with how many times you said "humped" there, but um, and large, I, I don't disagree. This is a point I wanted to make, and I'm sure we will get into it. That that we're over eighteen months into Steve Bruce's tenure now. He keeps saying he wants to play four four two. He keeps saying that he wants to play it like that. We, you're in charge, Steve. Like you set up the the squad. Like you you set it up. Play it like that if that's what you want. I struggle to believe that we're completely incapable of playing that way. Um, Adam,
3: we're in very real danger of Steve Bruce, like ending his tenure with Newcastle whenever that may be, having never played his preferred <laughs> formation or strategy. Like that's 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 a f- that's feasible fact that could happen because if he's not going to play it now, how much time has he got left? To I, I don't I, I don't I don't understand. I don't understand.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's baffling. And we'll get on to the in-game management as well. But um, before we do, I wanted to talk a bit um, about players and I wanted to talk about Andy Carroll's performance yesterday. Um, Mark, I'll come to you. A lot of people on social media praising Carroll. I said before the game, I bet you he starts. It's just the kind of game he'll start because he um, he... Scored last week, and uh, Steve Bruce likes to reward uh, a, a reasonable performance um, with with another go. Um, a lot of people on social media are excited by Andy Carroll. Um, I mean, I was watching with my dad, and he said that Carroll had been man of the match for him, uh, and and that's, that's probably true. But the the bar is so low. And what was your take on Andy Carroll's performance yesterday? And the, and and of course. It would be remiss of us not to talk about the app two sitters. I think you missed yesterday. If he's our best option, I mean, he's not because Callum Wilson is. But I mean, I just, I just, I just, I just don't know. I can't agree that he played like really well yesterday. I can't. What was your take?
4: Right. Well, in regards to selection, um, um, it just goes to show what I know about football because on on your show a couple of weeks ago. I said, uh, why is he, he's just a, a sort of a a number now. He, he's nowhere in the other team. He's not getting a run on the pitch. And then a, a week or so later, he's, he's come on. He scored a goal, looked a handful, as we know he's capable of. And I wasn't surprised he was he was uh, selected yesterday for, for two reasons, really. The first one is um, there's something clearly not right with Bruce and Gale for me, because why isn't Gale getting, uh, getting yeah. a run out now? Uh, but we've covered Gale to its death to be honest and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if uh they're keeping them back because they want to cash in on them this month that's that's my own my own thought on it um regarding regarding carol um yeah i think you're right I, I think it goes to show how far we've fallen when our main striker is someone who has scored well we can say that now we scored one goal in in 18 months um he started about what seven or eight games in that time um but to be fair to him, I thought he had a good game. And granted he missed our best opportunities but I still think, you know, he was my best defender. He <laughs> put himself about. He um, as I say, he got himself in their positions and, and me and um, Ben in the in the group last night, we had a little, well, it was just a little chat. He says Gail and uh, Wilson would have put them away. Well, it's easy to say that. And no disrespect to Ben but End of the day, you don't know who would have scored, who wouldn't have. Um, the way I looked at it last night, that was just a reflection of what we are under Mike Ashley and under Steve Bruce, where our main striker is actually probably our best player on the night because of his defensive ability. And it's unfortunate for him that, you know, let's be honest, he missed that golden opportunity in injury time to push through the next round. And people will remember that more than, his actual overall, well, you know, he lasted 90 minutes and extra time, which is, well, the majority of it, which is unbelievable, to be honest. But to, to sort of answer your question, I don't think we've got anyone else, apart from Gail, but based based on how Steve Bruce was setting us up last night, <laughs> I think it was just a case of potluck. Right, Lars, your names are on a hat. Here we go. <laughs> and uh, And I'm going to go... I'm gonna go five 4 one, even though as Norma mentioned in the match report, I think it's two wins in 24 playing in that in that uh, formation, yeah. which is just it's just diabolical. But no surprise that just to just to conclude, it was no surprise that Wilson in Shelby to an extent were all of a sudden unavailable for selection last night. Um he did exactly the same in the Man City quarterfinal, he changed the goalkeepers, he uh didn't play Shelby. He dropped um, Joel Linton, who at the time was a, a guaranteed start and, and Bruce had uh, faith in him, let's be honest. But he did exactly the same last night. And for me, for someone who's supposed to take the cup so seriously, I'm sorry, Lee, but Wilson should have started last night.
2: I can agree to a certain extent that Carroll had a, air quotes, good game, but I guess mm-hmm. it's, what is the context for this? So, for example, Andy Carroll was selected as a centre forward. And he got into two good positions and missed two good chances. Right? Forwards missed chances. That's by the by. The fact that he got into those positions, to a certain extent, he's doing his job. We're seeing he had a good game, and Mark, you mentioned it. He had a good game mm-hmm. because of the defensive work that he did, which, you know, is a little bit of a madness if you think that actually one of our best players was a center forward because of how well he defended. I mean, that is just a kind of bizarre type of football, isn't it? But also like he had a good game, but what are we at, what are we basing that level of good on? We're, what we're like what are we comparing that to? Like it, it was good in it was good compared to, to what? Like the fact that it's been terrible for so long. So was it actually good or was it just all oh, right, it wasn't as bad as what it normally is? This isn't a dig at Andy Carroll, by the way. I mean, he's he's thirty-two year old injury prone centre forward who's been totally play up top against Arsenal away you know i mean it's it's a tough gig really for him but as i say i'm i'm i don't necessarily want to be saying that a centre forward had a good game when actually the reason he had a good game is because he defended well i don't want to yeah. be saying that as a football fan especially in a one off cup game as, as adam mentions
4: yeah absolutely just just briefly adam um I, I think you've you've absolutely nailed it norman but i think the the comparison comes down to the fact that he, if you if you compare the other, shall we say, attacking options on the pitch, Joel Linton should be embarrassed by his attitude, his sort of his shift, shall we say, his opportunity to um his opportunity again the positions to score. I think this is what, what I'm trying to say, Norman, is the rest of the team give us so little. Um and you could say that the defence did look at sixes and sevens at times. Yes, we took them to nil nil to in extra time. But we did look when we were sort of, you know, backs against the wall, we did look weak. And I suppose that's, that's the thing. Andy Carroll can probably turn around this morning and turn around and and, and, turn, and say, you know what, I, I couldn't have done any more there. Fair enough. I missed some chances. But the rest of you, I think that's what where, why I'm giving them probably a seven out of 10 than a four, five, or a six where the majority. Yeah. I, I think it's similar to, you
1: know,
3: what you're saying about Carol being our best defender. I, I totally agree with you from, from last night. He, he, he was, and it it is it is absolute mad that we're praising him for his good performance at the wrong end of the pitch. It's really similar to when Mickey Almiron is um has been statistically quite often our best defensive midfielder, more tackles, more interceptions than than any of the actual and it's <laughs> you know, it it's really taking this um this conservative approach to like the next level when Two of our most attacking players are best known for their defensive exploits, and it's it's really weird. But you're right; like, what, 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 sh- you know, there is a bit of conflict because it's like, well, what, did we play well, or is it just the spectrum of performance has shifted so so massively towards be- us being completely shit that when we're only slightly less shit, we all get really really excited about it, or at least we're like, oh. Oh, we ha- oh whoa we had a shot on target like we get ex- surprised and excited when we get a shot on target or we might have had a chance to win the game because it's just something from open play nevertheless um it's just something that when we're, uh, we're just not used to yet look at the two sitters that, that Carol missed they were our only shots on target last night only ones and and when you miss when you miss chances like that as a striker an experienced striker when you miss chances like that, even one of those two, you can't ever reasonably expect to progress in the competition. You just can't. And you've got to think, is that a mentality thing? Is it just more, uh, is it just, are we just unlucky again? Or ultimately, is this just a case of we don't have the quality?
1: Well, I, I I mean, personally, I don't think we were looking to progress in this competition, because if you look at the way it was set up, if you look at the, the point you made about not playing Wilson, about not playing... Um, Shelby in a game like that that is us not looking to progress in this competition that's saving them for Sheffield United on Tuesday and um and ho- hoping probably that we we don't have another another game in our in our roster to to um to have to play um let's move on slightly to Bruce and to the in-game management um again it ties really nicely into this what did we want from this game because um, Steve Bruce brought off um brought on um Jacob Murphy as a right back for craft was it for craft um i might have that right yeah, yeah. it was for craft um brought on Jacob Murphy He doesn't play right back that's not where where he where he likes to play um I brought him on and then um and then later he brought on um uh, push. Yeah, he pushed him forward. Ten minutes later, by bringing on a fullback, took Joel Linton off for a fullback. So that's just shutting up shop, playing for penalties, um, to me, or just playing for extra time until until the game is decided by a goal. And it wasn't going to be one of our goals. And I know that taking Joel Linton off is not is not reducing our goal threat any because <laughs> there wasn't one. But. But I, I, I have a problem with this and 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 if you look at the way that Steve Bruce makes his substitutions across the board, apart from was it Brentford when he just hoyed on a load of um a load of centre forwards and hope for the best. Um it's usually a defensive substitution for whoever's whoever's on the pitch—a mid, a, a, an attacking midfielder, a centre forward. It's it, it, he'll he'll move everybody slightly up or, or at least try to, and and try and shut up shop. And I, I just I find it so cynical, and it's and it's so. Uninspiring to watch. Norman, did you um, take much from from sort of? Uh, I think we started with Jacob Murphy, and, and, and well, uh, I think Matt Ritchie came on for Lascelles because Lascelles was getting fatigued around the uh, around half time. Um, but but those um, those substitutions and then Steve Bruce's in game management air quotes because I'm not sure that there is a lot of that. What's your take on that?
2: My take is more or less. Just what you've said—the <laughs> bringing on that—the uh, the bringing on of Jacob Murphy uh, in theory looks like an attacking substitution. Let's all about bringing on, a, uh, we're basically bringing on a right winger, which is what Murphy is. He's not even a right midfield, he's a right winger. We're putting him on at, um, at right back, so that might give him a little bit more going forward. That—that's how you—that's you, how you could look at it. But as you see, within ten minutes, taking off an attacker and bringing on a fullback and pushing Murphy up, it kind of negates for that. It's quite obvious what was going on, and I'm very much of the opinion that Bruce takes certain defeats, such as 2-0 away at Arsenal, 2-0 at Man City, um, 2-0 at um, 2-1 at Leicester, or 2-0 at, let's say, a so-called bigger club, 1-0 away, 2-0 away at Man U. I actually think he considers them good results because they're not thrashings, which is really sad. And I genuinely think that making the, the kind of substitutions he did yesterday Nil 0-0 was very much indicative of, let's just play for penalties. Let's just see if we can keep the score down. Let's see if we can get 0-0. And you know what? Losing 2-0 away at Arsenal in the second half with two goals in the second half of injury time can be spun as some weird form of victory. And that's exactly what's happened. If you look at the post-match comments, Bruce has said that after Brentford, we wanted a reaction. And we've got that. You can see signs of progress. We've scored one goal and we've got um, one draw and three and three defeats in those four games. That, that isn't progress. What that is, is not getting absolutely slaughtered. And not getting slaughtered represents a form of, of good work. And that's what those substitutions indicate to me. It indicates the complete and utter lack of ambition that there is at the club. And also the lack of belief that we could go at Arsenal and get a win. Like the, 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 the absolute best case scenario or the best result that Bruce thought he could get. Was a nil-nil draw, and when it got very close, to remaining at nil-nil for the entirety of the the game and extra time, he made defensive changes because that would have been going out on penalties after a nil-nil draw would have been good. That would have been good, but we got a nil-nil draw. We didn't lose the game; we just lost on pens, bad luck. But we played really well. That's what it would have been framed as. And just to quickly before before I am um, you know before I rush off into so many words that nobody can understand what I'm saying, Um the comments that he made about the. Um, going into that match without really wanting to win it in terms of, it, you know, keeping players ready for Sheffield United. You know why that is? Because we're in a relegation battle. There's no two ways about it, despite the fact that we're seven eight points clear. We are in a relegation battle because we're 15th in the league and we're in free fall. And as you say, that cup game, going through the cup this season, the quarterfinals, will be a distraction. It will be a distraction that we don't need. This time last season, that wasn't the case because we had enough points to kind of go, and, well, actually, we're going to be alright.
1: My concern and I'll come to you Adam for for your sort of take on that. My concern with the focusing on the league and this relegation battle, you know, people might not agree with you there. I think there is a lot of um noise on Twitter that that we're not really in a relegation battle. God, Sheffield United should pick up 3 points. By the way, it's like 6 to 4 that Sheffield are going to win. Um and the bookies, Sheffield who have 2 points from this entire season so far. So this is not um written in the stars for us at all. Um but we should win that. My concern with the, you know, showing up sharp, we're not gonna, you know, not really giving it, giving it our all in this uh, match last night, is is if you're playing for nil nil, then you're playing for 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 120 minutes, really, and and we can't we we can't afford that with our squad. We can't afford how tired that's going to make our squad. I know we rested Shelby and I know we rested Wilson, but. Um, but, but imagine how tired that. um Andy Carroll's going to be recovering for months from that. um mm. Adam.
3: but but then that's it that, 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 that's an, that's another reason why 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 play for a draw in, in a cup game? Like you all must see some of the merits, say you know, the Liverpool performance. It was a really good defensive performance. Didn't answer any questions in the attacking third at all, but we took a good point away. and, and yeah. no, no, nobody could take that away from Bruce or the players. But in a cup game, why are we playing for what? What do we get out of playing for a draw? We get nothing, we get absolutely nothing. Like, are we and like you say, look, to even to play for extra time penalties? That's not good for our squad, like you just said, because we don't have the depth, we don't have the quality to, to cope with that. So, I think, and going back to Norman's point about these, these perceived good defeats that, that Bruce, you know, he came out, didn't he? Um, he came out um, chest puffed out after the Man City defeat. And said, almost as if, well, there we go, I've answered my critics. That that wasn't the game. The game to say that was after the Liverpool draw. Yeah. You you have answered your critics there, Bruce, for that one game, because everyone thought we'd get absolutely tonked. Mm -hmm. See, I've changed the verb for you, Charlotte. Um, But the problem, going back to the league, when you're talking about good defeats, they mean nothing. Because when you're dropping points against Leeds, when you're dropping points against Fulham, Newly promoted sides that we reasonably should be looking to pick up points against. When we're when we're dropping points against the bad teams, it's not enough to get defe- good defeats against the good teams. We have to get points from somewhere. So if you lose against the, the good, you know the, the easier teams, you have to beat the hard teams because otherwise we can't just we can't just create we can't just devise points out of thin air. We we need to win. We need to <laughs> beat somebody. So like it's not good enough to just say. Oh well it was it was a good defeat against Leicester good defeat against no we're both what we're, we're behind because we've lost mm-hmm. we lost against Leeds absolutely smashed against Leeds and then we drop points at home against a very very poor Fulham side like that's just not good enough
1: yeah yeah agreed agreed um let's pull back to um the game um we can uh talk and talk and talk about our fixtures our upcoming fixtures and our um previous ones, but um we are here to talk about last night's game. Um so it was on the BBC mark and um Danny Murphy was mm-hmm. uh was, <laughs> Norman's doing a rude hand gesture. Um Danny Murphy was uh one of the pundits and I use that word extremely lightly here because I don't believe uh that he should be given that title. i uh, kept calling Martin Dubravka Martin Dubrovnik which was uh Really annoying me. Um, and then they made a joke about it later. Like, this man is being paid good money. Like, the name is written on his shirt. You can see the name on your screen. <laughs> Just say it. Um, anyway, <laughs> back to the point. Danny Murphy said um, during last night's game, Mark, that we're very organised at the back. Um, mm-hmm. Do you agree with him? Do you? What do you think of that?
4: We're only organised because... We're not getting absolutely battered at the moment, and I think that is why to back up what the lads have been saying, why Steve Bruce has given himself a huge pat on his huge back in <laughs> regards to in regards to uh, not getting beat by you know threes and fours like we were last season. Let's be honest. Um, in regards, quickly before I move back to Danny Murphy, a quick point about the fixtures, if I may. Mm-hmm. We've still got to play every team below us away from home starting on Tuesday. Yeah, We've played four out of the five at home and we've picked up seven points. I, I, those who think we're not in a relegation battle need to really, really wake up. They really need to wake up. But we'll we'll see where that goes. But yes, Danny Murphy. It, it's a strange one with Danny Murphy for me because a couple of months ago, it, it, he was one of those uh pundits who used every stereotype, the sort of, have a go at us, and he would use talk sport as, as they do on there to try and wind us up. And it was interesting because I don't know whether you've seen this, but a Newcastle fan actually challenged him and sent him a, um, a direct message. And he made it public, the Newcastle fan, where Danny Murphy actually turns and says, I apologize, and I, I probably haven't seen as much as what you have. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. But the other side of that is I genuinely think that Alan Shearer has probably given him a slap. In the BBC canteen, and went look, Danny, wake, wake up, mate. Um, I'm I'm the biggest out of us two bald bald guys, and uh, I'll I'll take your head off if you if you speak about Newcastle and the supporters like that. Because it's no coincidence that he isn't as bad as what he was. Um, but I, I get what you're saying. The the two the one thing that I did pick up on last night, what he did uh, challenge the commentator on the main commentator. Um, they were they were they were, talk, they were talking about um, pressing. And they were talking about strength and depth. And Danny Murphy went, Yeah, they've got strength and defence, but they've got nothing on the offence. I hate that term, but that's what it is. And I thought, Yeah, you're right. You've just totally put the commentator back in his place there. We well, haven't got strength and depth at all. Um, you know, we've, we've got a batch of six players who can play in a back three or a back, you know, a, a, a options for centre half. And they're, for me, I keep saying this, they're all much of a muchness. And it's just unfortunate that Kieran Clark, who's probably been the standout one and the most consistent one, was culpable for the for the first goal last night. Um but back to Danny Murphy. Um they're they're all the same. They're, they're gonna say things that annoy us no matter what, because end of the day, it's our club and no one knows that club more than the supporters. It's as simple as that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Norman, I think you wanted to come in and that I have a point, but you might make it.
2: Just quickly, and I think Mark alluded to it there. To say that we're organised, very organised, well drilled, whatever at the back, I don't think that's accurate. I think if you are a defender in a team or a defensive midfield in a team that is under constant pressure, where the ball is basically played kind of uh, sort of 40 yards from your goal into your six yard box, and the other team has the ball a lot. Then you are just grafting and grafting and grafting. So you look organised because basically you are putting tackles in, you're, you're making headers, you're closing down it. That, that's all you're doing. You just it's just constant. And that doesn't, as I say, it doesn't necessarily mean organised. It just means exceptionally busy. Um, and also, Kieran Clark has been fantastic lately. And that mistake last night, as bad as it was, the way I look at it is right. And this ties back into what I was just saying about the fact that it's not necessarily organisation. It's just grafting loads he's probably absolutely battered this is a player who has been injured for a huge amount of time Has come in is playing loads of games and is in the 109th minute of a game on a freezing cold night after he's played loads previously after being injured he's probably knackered so i can't hold that against him but as i say, i'm not having the, i'm not going to have like danny Miffy saying they're well organized at the back it's it's not organization it's just the players grafting and grafting and grafting
1: yeah, to 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 Mark's point and, and slightly to yours, the sort of oh well I haven't watched enough. That's true of really anyone making these comments. I did something like a really um brief thing on I think it was Talksport a, a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. And um I can't remember who <laughs> I was speaking to, sorry. Um, but he was like, you know, is, is it, you know, is it is it, the, is it the case that uh Newcastle fans are going to start to blame Steve Bruce? and i was like i had to ask him to repeat the question i was like i'm sorry you, uh, yes like uh, absolutely but but these pundits they really they're not newcastle fans so they're not really engaging with the games in the same way that we do they don't watch us play all the time they don't look at all the commentary around it they don't look at social media so they've got no fucking idea sorry for my language um about about really what what the, what the I was like of course we are like if you if you've looked at any social media like there were people this was this was after people were calling you know for Bruce to be sacked like or to leave or to resign this is after that I just I was astonished anyway that's a side note Adam did you want to chime in
3: Yeah, just about Clark again. You know, it, it, his his error was very costly yesterday, but again, I, I he's he's been one of our better performers, and yeah, he's just been. He's been asked to just play relentlessly, and and you know what? Even it, because we were set up so so negatively, because we again had everyone behind the ball most of the time, you you wonder whether the negativity, the defeatism of the head coach, that's going to have an effect on players' mentality. Maybe not directly, maybe directly, but it's almost like we were just waiting. For them to score. It was like we were all just waiting for it to happen. We, we it wasn't a surprise when they scored. And when it happened, you were like, that's it. It wasn't, it wasn't even right. Come on, let's 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 create another chance like we like we can. We don't we don't have that. I think you know what was the strategy like we we high pressed a little bit and it seemed to be really effective, but then I don't think we high-pressed enough yesterday for us to call it a consistent strategy. I don't think that's what we set out to do. I think it was almost like something that we did for 10 minutes at a time here and there. Um, But I think one of the main problems with this team that we have, and this is where coaching and elite coaching comes into it, I think we lack a lot of uh, playing intelligence on that football pitch. I think we've got a lot of players with some ability that don't make very good decisions, particularly in the final third. You've got players like Murphy, who I quite like and is direct, and I like how he just kind of feels, he just goes for it. But sometimes he just runs himself into trouble. Joe Linton does the same thing. Joe Linton will d- doesn't have a very intelligent footballing brain. He might lay it off when he sees the pass, but it's not like he sees things that other people don't. He, he just, he's very predictable. A lot of our players just run themselves into trouble. Maybe it's because our players aren't supporting them well enough. Maybe it's because maybe it's just a quality. Maybe it's just because people haven't been given the instruction of what we're supposed to be doing in the final third, which means that we don't we don't have we don't have players making um, intuitive, intelligent decisions on their own because they're so confused about what it is that the head coach wants them to do. Is, is it just they've been left to their own device? We don't know. You know, we're playing with a very slow target man yesterday. Mm. Did we? Play, did 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 we focus on wing play yesterday? No, we didn't. We didn't. In fact, when I when I recall the chances that Andy Carroll had yesterday, you, you, you're looking at. Um, shots from outside the box centrally we're not talking about whipped crosses we got some crosses in from from free kicks but in terms of open play do we have overlapping you know full backs maybe a little bit in the second half here and there but again i'm just trying to work out are we high pressing or not no are we um the, the decision maintenance poor what was the strategy are we I, I don't understand again even when the pl- the players that he has on the pitch i don't think they know what what they were supposed no. to be doing. Again, I agree with the, the the Jeff Hendrick thing. I don't know what what does he do? What was he there for? What he was he was pretty absent as as were a lot of players. Jeff
1: Hendrick was in camouflage yesterday for me. Just, he really was. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I I don't disagree. I I want to just uh Mark, I'm gonna come to you. I know you have a point to make. I do wanna just interject. I'm gonna end this podcast with some positivity for those of you still listening. There is going to be a positive glimmer here at the end of this podcast. I, I, I think there's a lot of frustration here among us all. So, um, and, and perhaps you share it to whoever is listening to this. But um, I do want to say that there is something good coming. Um, Mark, sorry, please do make your point.
4: Yeah, it, it, I think the, the most, well, the, the saddest thing about what we're discussing is not one of us has actually said that we're disappointed to be knocked out the FA Cup. Um, I think this is how far Newcastle United supporters, and perhaps 90% of supporters around the country treat the FA Cup now as it's not a surprise. we expected this to happen. You know, we, we've predicted these performances and fortunate and luck and et cetera, et cetera. We, We've predicted that one day Bruce's luck will, will, will stop. And lo and behold, it stopped. And his biggest apologists have went quiet all of a sudden. We know who they are. And, um, because I can't back them anymore, but you know, Norman, just just to, just a quick, you know, recap. You know what we're like with nostalgia. It's thirty years now since well coming up, when we got Ozzy and and he brought he had to play the kids. He had to use players from the youth system. He brought them through. by the t- By the time um, just before he was sacked, remember we played Bournemouth in the cup. Then we're third division. We were second division at the time, and he had to play the kids. We were absolutely devastated when we got knocked out of that cup on penalty on a penalty shootout. Yeah, and I remember walking away thinking it, it was like it felt like the end of the world. You know, even though Newcastle were, I think third or fourth bottom of the second division, clear relegation battle on, on our hands. Thirty years later, I are the Premier League, but we had faith in our dealers ridiculously, and he had kids. He had no money. Bruce has been given one hundred and ten million to spend. You know, and I think that the, the saddest thing about all this, before Charlotte cheers us all up with some positivity, is the fact that not one of us has said we're actually disappointed because we're expected to get knocked out last night.
1: That's a really good point, and it's really sad. I hadn't even considered it. Really, I I said after I said on Twitter last night that was joyless, and I didn't mean. You know, I think a couple of people were like, oh, well, it wasn't as 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 bad as I thought it was going to be. Like some, there were some moments there, and I was like. I don't even mean that it was, you know, an absolutely horrendous performance, because I would be wrong to say that it wasn't a horrendous performance yesterday. It was an okay performance-ish. And um, we still lost 2-0. I want to be absolutely clear that a 2-0 loss does not mean we performed very well. It was, but it was better than some of the performances we've seen this season. And, and, I, and I don't want to um take away from that. What I meant when I said it it was joyless was I just felt nothing and and to be knocked out I you know I didn't feel gutted and I didn't feel I wasn't you know I don't know I just felt really nothing about it and I don't feel that way very often I know that lots of people have sort of fallen out of love with this club and lots of people are uh, you know just lamenting the way that it's it's gone I still get excited about watching Premier League games and I still enjoy them but at last night I just felt really like oh okay that's that then like that's how I felt so that's sort of what I mean but yes you're absolutely right to point it out none of us are gutted not to be taking this forward um in in a a proper cup um challenge but um let's be positive for the last couple of minutes before we uh before we sign off here and you mentioned it there Mark it was very um very good timing, actually. You wouldn't believe it, but it's not scripted. <laughs> um, Mark uh, Mark mentioned that OCR dealers had to use the kids. And one positive, one really nice positive from last night was that uh, Steve Bruce also used one of our kids. Elliot Anderson came on with, you know, the game still, uh, still being to play for. Um, he came on. Um, uh, he's 18 years old. He's come up from the academy. He's, he's a he's a local lad, and uh, he's been on the bench a few times of of late. And he, and he's been training with the first team squad for a little while. Um, but we hadn't seen him, and he got to uh, kind of say hello yesterday. And I was honestly like quite impressed with him. Um, you know, it's nice to have a fresh pair of legs on the pitch after you know ninety minutes have been played, and then and then it's um, and then our players are tired. But this is someone who does have something to prove because he's brand new, he's young, he's clearly very fit, um, and uh, and he managed. Uh, I don't know Norman, I'll come to you and see what, how you uh, felt about him. There's there's always there's always going to be a bit of um, that sort of local pride in me whenever. Um, Whenever somebody who's you know like the long staffs really like that sort of thing, um, but what I was going to say was that he managed to hold on to the ball and he also had a chance, um, it was it was blocked, but uh, sort of went for it, found himself clear in the middle, uh, facing the goal, and he and he took and he took the chance, which I thought was um, really really positive, actually. So it's not all it's not all negative here. Uh, Norman, did you were you pleased to see him get a run out?
2: Very happy. What I will say is that. We're not being negative intentionally. We're basically just going through facts and perceptions of what we see. Um, So I'm going to be positive about something that was positive, and that was Anderson coming on, but it will be countered with uh, a, a kind of a view of how his development may progress. However, he is an 18-year-old kid, as you say, from Whitley Bay. And I mentioned in my match report that when a young Jory kid comes on who's come through the academy, I do get a jolt of pride. Like, I left I left the area, what, 25, like 26 years ago? And I still feel my roots and connections with the region. And when I see a young Jory doing, and, and, and whatever walk of life, it can be playing in the black and white stripes, it can be doing something uh, removed from football. But if they're doing something that that is positive and something that's, like, Really beautiful, which being a Jordan player on Newcastle is. It, it makes me feel like it makes me feel really, really proud. And I'm, and I'm absolutely out of the moon for the kid. Even if his career doesn't take off, the fact that he's done that is something that is truly spectacular and unique to him, and he'll carry it forever. And I'm, and it was, it was, it was a, it was a lovely moment. I'm, I'll balance that though by saying, the, Sean Longstaff came through and was absolutely superb. Right, he had some loan spells away, you know, kind of cut his teeth in the lot of visions. Uh, um, Anderson um, may may well need that; he'd probably benefit from it. My only concern is, is that Lakeshore Longstaff, if he's not nurtured, coached and developed properly, then he'll be another potential talent with enthusiasm and natural ability that, that just falls by the wayside. So yes, it was positive, but please, please let him be developed properly because, oh my God, how good would it be to see a young kid from the academy establish himself as a, as a really good Premier League player? How early, Elliot lad?
1: Yeah, absolutely agree. And and with that, I think we will wrap this up. We will be back after the Sheffield United game, which has taken on even more importance after yesterday's performance. Um, Sheffield United with two points from all of their games this season who should be there for the taking. Newcastle United absolutely need the three points from that fixture at Bramall Lane. So uh, fingers crossed, but we'll be back after that. And uh, in the meantime, please take care. Thanks for listening and stay safe. Everyone is talking about
5: magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.